What's up, friends and fellow humans? Welcome to another Guardian Grange podcast. It's been a minute since our last one, which was actually only released on YouTube back in February 26th of 2022. It's titled Lighthearted Part 1. It's a short one. It's like less than 10 minutes. So if you want to check that one out, it's over on our YouTube at Guardian Grange. But today we have a friend I haven't talked to in a long time from the teams when I first got into uh, Team 5, Dana DeCoster, who is a retired U.S. Navy SEAL commander, and now he's the co-founder and chief operations officer of Roper Solutions, Inc., which we're going to talk to him about because... That's uh, what he's doing now. This is his new way to serve. He's building a technology company that's revolutionizing the Internet of Things and wearables market. Um, His partner is a fellow veteran woman, so they're a woman and veteran-owned technology company. And they're focusing on creating cost-effective, high-performance, sensing and communicating technologies. And he's also the co-inventor of uh, Patch, which is one of their technologies, which is pretty cool. It allows you to communicate encrypted off-grid. So we're going to chat about that and go into... Some interesting stuff. This is going to be a shorter conversation today. Trying to keep them to around 30-ish minutes. And also, I got a new Mac computer. And unfortunately, I couldn't get my nice microphone to work when we were on our call recording this podcast over the computer. So my audio is going to be a little bit... um, less uh, quality-wise than it is right now. So fair warning that my nice, silky smooth-sounding voice right now is going to change a little bit. (laughs) But um, Dana sounds good, so that's what really matters. And without further ado, let's get into it. All right, so good to chat with you, Dana, man. What was it been? uh, Link up over LinkedIn there. Technology, it's been a minute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, Mark. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. A lot of our teammates have seemed to be able to reconnect on LinkedIn. So I guess it's good to see that all of us uh, know how to actually use a computer. Uh, <laughs> Somewhat, yeah. I I, uh, I I don't have my normal like sound setup, so we're just going through the computer like we chatted about. The Macs always change their input cords, and so my system doesn't really work right now. So hopefully this will be good. Yeah, we'll make it work. Keyboards a little bit. Yeah, right. Right. Fingers to type. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, it's been a while. I mean, shoot. I think it's. I mean, it's directly right. I don't know. From our time at Team Five, I mean, that was when was that? Like two thousand three, three five, two thousand five. I think is when I left. I'd have to look at my paddle over here. Let's look. I can do a quick. Oh, it's actually hidden over there, but yeah, <laughs> when I left Team Five, so that was a great, great time, man. 
Yeah, man. And then um, where'd you go from five? So from five, I went over to uh, Bud's uh, basic underwater demolition seal, uh, the schoolhouse. And I uh, did a quick, maybe just a few months as the second phase division officer. So running the dive portion of the training um, and then moved over to run seal qualification training, which was definitely more, more my speed and kind of where I was at in my headspace. Cause that was after we had just, we'd all just gotten back from that Iraq deployment. Um, I mean, one of, one of three or five total, but anyways, um, but at that time in my career, right. You know, that was after being doing my platoon commander. So, um, it was, you know, going in the second phase, just, you know, it was like being on a high speed train and then all of a sudden, you know, like the brakes just got applied. So SQT at least was great where you're back kind of doing a, a version of a workup, which, you know, every SEAL platoon goes through as they prepare for deployment. But this time you're, you know, training the, the next generation. And so similar blocks of training, land warfare, dive, uh, you know, close quarters, combat, all that stuff. So that was, that was more kind of my speed. So it was, it was a great time. So I was there for two years and then, um, then I went to, what did I do next? Um, oh, then I went to SEAL Team 3. So, yeah. Solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's cool. I, I, uh, I like that. I can see where buds would be kind of a, a bit of a buzzkill, you know what I mean? You're just going hardcore and then, and then yeah. very repetitive. But yeah, SQT is, you got to run the gamut of all our skills. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it was good to give back too. Um, you know, cub, you know, just cause literally just coming off of that deployment. I mean, I, we got back in September and then I checked in in October. So, you know, there was no TLD back then, right? There was no kind of decompression. It was so, uh, so it was definitely felt like, uh, a, but it was good to give back. And then again, I finished my career as uh, the director of training. So when I retired in 2019, it was kind of full circle, right? Where now I was the senior officer, you know, I was a commander at the time in 05, uh, and overseeing all of that. So that was really kind of a great way to kind of finish it out. That's cool. So yeah, 2019. So it's pretty, still decently fresh because three years, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, yeah, correct. It's fresh in terms of like when we do the math, but like how I feel, I do feel like, you know, it's been longer, right? And I think that's a good indicator that it was time for me to retire and get out, right? Um, and that I had done everything that I wanted to do as a SEAL. Um, because, you know, even though it's only been three years removed, I do have to kind of like think about it. Like, wait, when did I actually retire? So I think that's um, it's also a good indicator that I think that I'm doing something that I that I enjoy doing, uh, you know, post-career in the SEAL teams. Yeah, how, how, was, the, how was the transition for you? Yeah. So, I mean, the transition, I absolutely was, was, was probably just like every, every, every person who transitions out of the military. Right. And that is like, you gotta do some serious soul searching. Right. Um, because, you know, serving my country as a Navy SEAL, right. That was something that I dreamed of as a kid. I was definitely that, that kid, right. That running around in the woods here in Texas, uh, you know, playing, playing army, playing all that, you know, playing and, uh, was, was always really into the military. Um, and so, you know, then later on, as I got older, it was, you know, the SEAL teams and then going to, uh, getting an NROTC scholarship, uh, to the university of Texas, you know, where, uh, you know, now I'm on the officer track, 
still, you know, want to be a SEAL officer. So it's always something I wanted to do. So, you know, it's kind of difficult to follow up that, that dream career, you know, like I got to do the job I always wanted to do. It was amazing for 20 years working with amazing people like you, Mark, and, you know, all of our other teammates. So, you know, like many veterans, you know, this transition out of active duty after 20 years of service, you know, is, is is time for soul searching. So, um, you know, I really wanted to make sure I could find a new kind of meaningful path as a civilian. And, you know, so, you know, with that, I mean, I, you know, I never let being a seal kind of define me. So I had a lot of friends that I had still stayed in touch with and, you know, throughout my ones that I've grown up with and folks adjacently. And kind of the answer came over to lunch in 2018 uh, with a former colleague of, of mine. Uh, her name is Maeve Garrigan, and she was an engineer and a technology advisor to to us. You know, she worked at Warcom at the time, uh, but she had worked with some other elite military units. And so when I was uh, the operations officer for Naval Special Warfare Group 1, which is you know, overseeing all the West Coast SEAL team operations. Um, her and I had worked on a project using back, back, packable drones for SEAL operations. So, um, so you know, enjoyed working with her on that. So when she left, um, you know, we stayed in touch. And so, like I said, in 2018, we're having lunch and she's telling me this really interesting project that she's doing uh, and that she had just received a $100,000 grant uh, to develop a GPS ear tag for beef cattle. Right. Which sounds crazy. Right. But, um, but you know, you and I, you know, we've hunt, you know, you hunt and track bad guys. Uh, well now I'm doing that with beef cattle. Um, and so, you know, naturally our conversation steered towards, you know, what I was going to do after retirement and we decided to go into business together and that's cool. Yeah. We started Roper solutions Inc is the name of our company. We, we, uh, you know, we do business as Roper. And so we've got a smart ranch uh, kind of IOT internet of things with sensors um, f- for that use case. Uh, but then, you know, because of both of our backgrounds, we knew that there was some other use cases because, um, you know, what we've developed is already really small, light, low power, rugged. Um, and so the idea came to reskin the same technology as a wearable patch, right? So, what I'm, you know, patches looks just like a patch, like an American flag patch. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's something that, you know, folks can wear on their person or on their gear. And what it does is it provides a ad hoc mesh network where other patches in the network, uh, can communicate, uh, it links to the user's smartphone, uh, or, you know, connects via Bluetooth and that's just for the interface of uh, they can interpret what the patches are doing, but now you can share your position location. So GPS location, you can uh, send text messages as well as activity monitoring. Uh, and it's all encrypted. It's all wrapped in, um, you know, the type, type one, 256 bit encryption. Um, That's cool. so, so there's no need for any kind of cell tower or radio. It's all just internal within that local system of patches. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so it's completely off grid. So no cell service, Wi Fi, or satellite. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like we were we were chatting before, and uh, a lot of applications to that beyond yeah the beef cattle, which is cool, especially to Stephen. You know, people who go out hiking in in the wilderness and uh, with a group of people, just so they can stay connected, and especially hunting. You know, I, I look at that because often we go in different areas, and then we can at least communicate. And, um, 
that's pretty cool. So did you ever see, uh, how did, how did she get into the beef cattle thing? Was she like trying to figure this idea out or did she just kind of like happen into it? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great question because, you know, um, her background is she grew up in Oregon and lived on a farm and before going to college. And so she grew up, uh, in a very rural area. They had all kinds of animals to include beef cattle. So she had that kind of background growing up as a kid. And similarly, I'm from Texas, grew up in Texas and, you know, um, I had family members that had beef cattle, um, a grandfather by marriage uh, who had beef cattle out in Waco, Texas, but it was mainly for like the ag exemption. Um, and then, uh, you know, my cousin, believe it or not, in South Florida actually had ran some cattle for a little bit just as, you know, little side side gig. He's a firefighter. So, you know, he's got a schedule that allowed him to do that. But I was always on the peripheral, but at least growing up from Texas, you know, you, you see that stuff and I put in fences and, you know, all those things. So it's kind of like, you know, got to do the greatest job I wanted to do. Now I get to go back and do something that as a kid, you think about being a cowboy, right? Uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, uh, um, so, so yeah, so she had that background. And then what she did is when she left uh, government service, she sold all her stuff and literally went on a high, uh, you know, on a sabbatical camping out in, uh, in the national forest there in New Mexico. And just like she had done when we were working on that project with the packable drones, um, she stood up a working group. She started getting the itch to design again and just ended up meeting the former and now current and then former at the time or at the time was the uh, tech, the cattle raisers association president in the, in that New Mexico area. And then, you know, the outgoing and the incoming and they got a whole bunch of uh, cattle men together and she set up a working group with them and just started doing what she would do, um, you know, with us, with operators, like, Hey, what are your, what are your pain points? What problems are you having? And so, yeah, basically it boiled down to, they didn't know where their cows were, right? Where's the beef? And so they had significant losses due to theft, predation, uh, and disease. And so they asked her, can you develop something that can, can help mitigate that? And she's like, I've developed weirder and stranger things. I'm pretty sure I can help out with that. And then boom, the grant came in. And then the first prototype of, of, uh, our roper tag, the, uh, the wearable GPS tag was built. Um, when was that? When was that built? That first. That was 2018. Okay. Yep. And then, uh, and then it's gotten smaller and smaller, right? So now it's you know, uh, what? I mean, it's it's the size of a normal ear button that you see on on beef cattle. So uh, so it's been it's been really really awesome. Um, and that that product line, we're going to be launching that here, U.S. only, um, at the end of. Uh, at the end of this year, around December timeframe, we'll start doing the uh, pre-orders for that. And so, yeah, and on that in the U.S. only. So the neat thing too, uh, a lot of folks kind of, you know, look at us and say, really, is that we're entirely made in the U.S. So all of our design and built is all done here in the U.S. So all nice. of our board fabrication, all that stuff. Yeah. So that's a core principle to ours. We're not going to, that's just who we are. Right. So that's, good. Our, like, that's important. And it's also, I mean, you know, we see what's going on with supply chains and stuff and, you know, it's good for the business, but it's also good for keeping jobs and local and keeping yeah. our economy kind of healthy, you know, Absolutely. Um, as healthy as it can be. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I like, I like when people are doing that, you know, keeping yeah. the state side because it's so, it's so easy to send stuff overseas and leverage the mm-hmm. cheaper, um, 
stuff, but there's a, there's a greater cost, you know, that I think it's cool that you're thinking about that and doing it, you know, living that way, you know, mm-hmm. so, very admirable. And it, uh, shows a lot of character. So I dig that a lot. Thanks Mark. Yeah. It's just, yeah. All of our employees, all, you know, everything. So it's exciting. Um, but yeah, the beef, the, the tag was developed 2018, 19. And then, um, the first patch prototypes were built in 2021, uh, for, a SOCOM special operations technology demonstration event that we got invited to. So, um, so that, that patch design has now been refined to that, to what we have right now, which is what we're launching our uh, pre-sales, uh, right. You know, they're actually ongoing right now on, we, we started a Kickstarter campaign. So oh, cool. it's on, how, did, where, um, how long is that going to be going on that Kickstarter? That Kickstarter we've got till April 22nd. So, you know, yeah. just under two weeks, about two weeks left. Um, so yeah, it's uh, patchconnects.com um, is our website. So www.patchconnectsplural.com. And on there is the link that takes you straight to the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, or if folks are already familiar with Kickstarter, if you just, you know, Google patch or not Google, <laughs> type in patch as far as the name of the campaign, yeah. it'll pop up. But, uh, but yeah, we think, you know, we wanted to, uh, get these pre-sales going. Like I said, we're, you know, we've got a product, we're past ready to, to sell it, get in the hands of folks that need it. And, you know, it was during that, um, so that event, uh, you know, that special operations technology demonstration event that we learned kind of what you're talking about. Uh, a lot of the operators that were coming by that, that they do the assessments. Cause it's not just us that's there. It's multiple companies that are showing off their, their latest technology. And, you know, you get immediate feedback from, you know, your customer, right. Which is these, these operators. Right. And uh, every single one of them was like, I would love to take this out hunting or, Hey, can I use this? So we were getting all of these, uh, you know, questions about, you know, use cases outside of the military. And that's when we realized, okay, we're onto something here. And so, you know, let's, let's start these, uh, you know, commercial civilian sales now, um, because, uh, we've, we've got a lot of interest. So Kickstarter was, was, um, was, was our, you know, decision behind that was because it already has the e-commerce stuff baked into it. So we don't have to build that into our website just yet. And then, um, you know, there's kind of some, also some, initial advertising since Kickstarter folks do go there to shop the latest technology yeah. before it hits the mainstream. That's good. And how, like how, how as far as uh, the company, like how big or small are you? How lean is your operation? And you got, yeah, like investors kind of supporting or are you just really just grasping? Yeah. We're, we're just, you know, between the grants and, uh, and, you know, kind of friends and family, uh, we, you know, we have, you know, I guess those are our, our investors. Yeah. <laughs> some friends that we've met along the way, um, which have been very helpful. Um, but with the grants and some other prizes that we've won, I mean, we've, you know, and despite COVID hitting, I think it's, it's helpful when both founders are in their middle forties, you know, so we know how to be, you know, cash, cash conscious, you know, and spend appropriately. And, um, and so, yeah, so, uh, so now we're at the point with, with these sales and, uh, you know, for both launches, to kind of look for strategic partnerships, uh, mainly that's what we're looking for on the beef cattle side or, you know, the smart ranch side. Um, and then, you know, with patch, we'll, we, we've already got that, that out there. So, uh, Solid. yeah, no, it's yeah. exciting to see mm-hmm. that. So the, 
the beef cattle campaign that's going to be after you're focusing right now on the patch and that yeah. application that's going to be basically the first to, first to market. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, like a flagship product, if you will, for right now because it's already um, you know we've we've already got it in its commercial package, right? Like it's 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 ready. It's been tested, it's, you know, all that. So it's exciting. So look at so um like what is what was the testing process like? Like was it uh did you have people going out in different conditions or how did that go? Yeah, I mean the first one, uh, um, you know, because we reskinned the technology was the uh, pilot study that we had had done with uh, the beef cattle. So the cows were wearing it, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's the same, it's, you know, it's the it's the same board that our IP, you know, our custom board, which is our secret sauce, right? And um, and that same board is what we then reskin for use in this enclosure, right? The flag enclosure. So, and you know, beef cattle are pretty hard on stuff. So that was a good first initial. Um, and then, yeah, it was myself and Maeve wearing the device and, you know, texting to each other. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and you know, and the patch is completely waterproof, right? You had to make sure it was, it was that way being a seal, right? So yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's got to be able to go for a swim. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, so the first, I guess, you know, if you, you know, technically the first folks were the, the beef cows that were wearing it. And then after that was uh, myself and Maeve. Nice. And just hiking out here in, in central Texas. It's pretty, pretty, uh, the terrain changes quickly, right? It can be really hilly, right? Um, and then really flat. So we were able to demonstrate uh, a point to point range of a mile and a half. With, with that. Even no, even, was that like line of sight or is it? Yeah, so line, so we, it creates a uh, ad ad hoc mesh network, and so we'll we'll uh, we'll address hops and kind of phase two, um, kind of like when we were talking about the uh, the Apple products, right? We won't, yeah. we're not going to change the charging plug, but you know we'll be adding, you know, yeah, it'll it'll get better each patch, right? Yeah, but right now we it's a point it's a line of sight uh, mile and a half so three kilometer range um, and that was in some rugged terrain too um, so th- the terrain does dictate that but like I said we were able to get that uh, in some pretty rugged areas out here so so we're happy about that and, um, you know so it's definitely it's you know it's definitely is you know it, the technology has you know its use cases um, and so as long as you know folks understand what it can and what it can do and what it doesn't do, then it's just another piece of kit that, you know, seamlessly integrates into your gear, right? It's not, I mean, it lays, weighs less than three ounces. And as you know, you know, when you're out there in the back country, you don't want to be loaded down with all kinds of gear. You want to be as light as possible. So, you know, it's another thing that you just slap on that doesn't really add anything. Um, and it's a it's something that you know would be very valuable tech tool in your kit. Yeah, it's good. It uses the everyone's got a little phone on them usually wherever they're at, so mm-hmm. they can just use that tap into that feature, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of absolutely. Keeps, the, keeps the keeps the cost down too. Than trying to make a whole separate unit and the clutter. You know, it's like people have so much gear that's just like going overboard as far as like things doing similar stuff and this is kind of just super surgical precision yeah. functionality yeah. wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you nailed it. Yeah, that's that's our that's our goal, right? Um kind of, you know, be be a elegant solutions, right? So instead of, you know, just like you said, just co- cobbling things together. Yeah. So like it's good what I've noticed as far as um veterans getting out, obviously you had like 
felt really good with your time in and kind of were ready to move on. But it's cool that you just stepped right into something that was basically, I mean, repurposing some of your skills, you know, into a whole new area in the sector that is, you know, it's, it's using those skills, but you're not doing the same thing that you were doing, which, um, I notice is kind of like, uh, an issue because people either get back into a pattern or they're just missing work so much that or what we used to do that it kind of has a sense of like purposelessness so it's pretty awesome that like that was able to happen for you and your partner there um do you miss anything being out or do you feel like how do you feel about that yeah yeah no i mean i guess back to your thing um yeah it was neat to jump into something and, you know, building patch has been a ton of work, right? But tremendous learning experience. And, you know, just like, you know, when you're in the teams, you know, when you see something uh, broke, you want to fix it. So, you know, we've been looking at a lot of products, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of products and, you know, you see a lot of hype, but not a lot of substance. So, you know, I'm proud, you know, that we're treating something purposeful, innovative, um, and that to me, you know, really, you know, it's got to really improve people's lives. And so to me, like I'm filling that part. So I'm answering, you know, when you ask, like, what do you yeah. miss? So that part gets filled, right? The sense of service, right? Doing something, providing a real piece of technology that uh, is, is actually, you know, actually works, right? That's substance. Um, and so that sense of service is there, you know, both on the patch and on the smart range side. Um, and so, you know, what... I was afraid I'd start missing was being around a bunch of, you know, high, you know, motivated individuals, right? Like in the field, those are the best, right? And, you know, you and like, you know, case in point, right? You and I haven't, we haven't connected in a, in a years, right? But it's, you pick up right where you left off, right? This is your teammate, right? Um, and so I was admittedly a little nervous that I'd be missing that. Um, but because I went in, I mean, I went in one of the, a good friend, right? Um, who I respect immensely. And so with her connections, my connections, you know, that's who we brought on board to be employees in our company. And so now we are surrounded by these highly motivated individuals, right? None of them, I mean, I'm the only SEAL, right? Yeah. But I still have this amazing team um, that's, that's, you know, really passionate about what we're doing. So I'm very lucky that... Um, that the one thing that I was a little nervous about, you know, actually I was able to achieve that, which is surrounding myself with great people, right? Good Americans and just good people. So I'm yeah. very grateful for that. But again, I think it's key to go back when you are, when, you know, when I was going through my transition, I just really, I really focused that soul searching on like, what are my non-negotiables? Right. And so by being true to that, um, I think is, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I've landed where I have. Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not just a company, but it's a community, like you're saying, of people who are going in the same. Oh, yeah. Way. Yeah. If I shared our company handbook with you, you, I, I think you would really like it. I mean, we spent just as much time on that as, you know, we have on designing uh, some of our, you know, our, our sensors, you know. Yeah, I mean, we really want it because you can't afford to get that wrong when you, you know, when you hire somebody, right? You can't afford to get that wrong because, you know, there's studies and books you can read about how, how much hiring the wrong person ends up costing you, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, another skill that you and I, 
you know, a lot of special operators have, especially, you know, in SEALs, obviously, as, as our background is, you know, you know how to read people and you know how to, like, talk to them, right? When you're interrogating a bad guy, right? It's the same thing as having a conversation or an interview, right? With a yeah. potential employee. So building that rapport with them and really going layers deep, not just like, hey, do you know how to use Microsoft, right? Yeah. More of like, hey, tell me about a time that you didn't achieve a goal that, that, that you wanted, right? And then how did you handle that? And what did you do next, right? So asking, you know, questions like that. Um, and so, you know, we've been very del- deliberate in, you know, folks that we've hired because we want to make sure they they you know meet our core values, and so it's been it's been great, right? When you when you put that effort in, um, you're going to get good results. Yeah, it's important, and it's a level of compassion and caring for like the other person and yourself and the community that's being built or company or whatever. And um, yeah, I feel like it's been a bit lost in society, and because we come from where we come from, we're just used to operating with at a high level with a small group of people, and everyone's got to be switched on so we naturally are like encouraging that and filtering that filtering filtering that out so we have like mm-hmm. what i call i like to call it lighthearted because everyone's got their own version of you know creativity or craziness mm-hmm. or quirks or something but if we're on the same direction page that's what makes a strong community yeah absolutely absolutely yeah like you know just give the guys intent right don't tell them how to do it just like hey we need to go from here to here. And then that way you can make that creativity, ha- you know, you can harness that. Right. So, cause there's multiple paths to go from here to here. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's, you're absolutely right. Like we've, we've, I've taken that uh, with me into this. And, and again, the good thing too is my co-founder, right. Who's our CEO, Maeve. I mean, she came from that background too, even though she didn't wear the uniform, right. She still was, you know, she served, right. She was, you know, GS employee, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been really good. And, you know, like you said, that shared heartedness, I say shared consciousness, like just getting everybody to, to like understand kind of where we're going, but then they've got the freedom to, to innovate on their own, right. And get creative. It's cause it's so much easy. It's, it's so much easier to pull somebody back if they like, okay, you're getting a little, you know, you know, yeah. it's so much easier to do that than it is to push them. Right. Sure. So, um, so yeah, we've, the pushing is leads to like the whole, uh, kind of micromanagement structure, which makes a very fragile organization or team because it's all dependent on the person who's pushing the effort. You only got, that's a good point. Yeah. And then you're not doing, you being your highest utility and no one else, everyone else is pulling back. So it's like, it's like a shrinking energy. It's like (laughs) expansion. You got to go, go grab someone who's like ran 10 miles. Like, yo, Slow yeah, a little bit. We're trying to keep up with you, but at right. least they're absolutely, cool. yeah, absolutely, yeah. And then you want the whole team to kind of be involved because you don't want it just to be a, a few folks. You know, then those go to people, like you know, they get burned out, right? <laughs> if they're always the go to, um, so you got to make sure you elevate everybody's kind of baseline kind of skill set, so that just like they taught us in the teams, right? If if somebody goes down, you know the next person can pick it up, right? They might not be the best. They haven't been looking at that problem the whole time, but they're definitely not going to, you know, fail, you know, yeah. you know, it might, might not look the same, but it doesn't mean it's wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that gets to like what I, my philosophy on, uh, you know, leadership basically is that a good actual leader is inspiring everyone to be 
a leader themselves. So it's more mm-hmm. like a, a representative. And then you, you look at um, an organization or a quote leadership quality where it's like uh, the, the dictator type of style or something. It just creates not a good environment that eventually breaks down. And I was I was um, curious on your thoughts. Like when you when you look at a team, mm-hmm. how much weight do you give? How much weight do you put on like having you know a really good leader or a really good team? You know what I mean? A really good group. Oh well, yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. both would be ideal. Right. But, I mean, I think you can't have a good team if you have a bad leader, right? So you know, the leader has to be has to be good, right? Um, now that doesn't mean they have to have all the answers though, right? Like as a leader, I always, I mean, I know in our the time we were together in that, that, that platoon, that element, you know, um, was, you know, was pretty new stuff. And there were so many times, uh, <laughs> I would say, Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, we can do that. You know, with our CEO or somebody would say, Hey, can you, you know, can you guys do this? I'm like, absolutely. And then have to come back to the platoon space and be like, Hey fellas, like I just agreed to this, this, and this, and I have no idea how, how to do it. And then, yeah. all right, let's huddle up. Let's figure this out. Right. Like I need, you know, and so that leader, right. A good leader, somebody's like, they don't need to have the answer. They need to reach out to their team. Right. Like, okay, here's the problem. Right. Here's what, I, you know, what we just, I just, <laughs> I just committed this to do. Uh, let's figure this out. And then as you're getting that input from your team, okay, hey, I think then, then what the leader then does though is pick the one that, okay, hey, this is, this is the, this is the best option. Um, and then at that point, that's when they stand alone. Right. I mean, they make the decision. Right. And then now the team, like, okay, the decision's been made by, by, you know, the person in charge. Okay, we're all on board now, right? We've we've, we've got our chance to kind of like say our piece. Okay, decision made, and we move out, and that's where the leader kind of stands alone. Meaning, if something bad happens, right, they they own it, right? Yeah, a a good leader should is definitely like stands on the stands before the man or whoever as far as responsibility goes, and is not trying to hide. It's like, yo, I I fully own this, but also they're coming at the team with uh, respect and humility. You know, it's like, hey, Mm -hmm. I don't answers but i'm i'm gonna put my neck on the line and i got faith in us as a team yeah. to get stuff done and uh yeah i think a lot of um just corporations and a lot of yeah. places could look can learn a lot because this like kind of idol of of leaders throughout society is very much like oh it's all on the person and the team kind of gets you know skirted off to the wayside and you can see like the the when a team when a team doesn't have respect for its for its leader for sure or itself or mm-hmm. vice versa, I mean it can only go so far. And then you know whether it's in, if it's in the in the military, you got some obvious problems there. And if it's in the, the civilian world in a corporation, then you you know you have assets that are potentially looking to go somewhere else as opposed to like really being on board and like hey, I'm in a good place. I love these people, and why would I want to even you know. Uh, leave that. You know? Right, right. No, I mean, that purpose, right? I mean, that's powerful, right? I think that's more powerful than, you know, throwing money at somebody, you know? Because, um, you know, in the, in, the, in the military, right, it's intrinsic leadership, right? Like, I can't give you a bonus, right? When we were in that, I, I keep like, hey, you did such a great job. Here you go, right? Yeah. You know, but what you get, what you, you know, the currency that you're getting is like the team's like, hey, Mark, that was awesome, right? Great job, you know? And, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, that leader, right? I mean, you're, you don't you don't make decisions by yourself. Like you don't stand alone and make decisions, right? That's not what a good leader does. A good leader gets that gets that you know team together. You know they kind of 
dirt dive, kind of come up with a plan. And then the decision is made by the leader. Then he stands alone, right? He or she, right? Then they own that, right? Like, hey, this is the plan. This is what, you know, what we're yeah. going to do. But it's not the other way around. They don't stand alone and make a decision, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, it's, it's, I think that's the powerful part, right? Is, is when you can build in that, that purpose, that's what keeps, keeps your team, um, you know, moving at that high level. And, you know, as, as you and I both know, I mean, your main, your main, at least, you know, the main driving thing is you just don't want to let your teammates down, right? You're, it's less like I want to get the big win and I want to be the one that came up with the plan. It's more of like, I don't want to let anyone down. I don't want to be the weak link. I don't want, you know, and so, yeah. and that's what drives everybody to like, you know, stay at that high level. Yeah. It's a, it's a good perspective to take and it's a, it's a very um, aware way of existing and, you know, having, you know, again, it's compassion, it's compassionate leadership, even though people don't necessarily take look at a, a seal or something and be like, oh, they're just very compassionate beings, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. who we are, you know what I mean? But yeah. there's, we actually, we actually care about each other, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, the, yeah. And you, you can see it too. You see it like my example, like I remember as a platoon commander, you know, um, you know, if, if you've got, if, you know, if the guys respect you and, you know, you know, like, again, they're not, they know that you're not going to have all the answers, right? Even though you're the platoon commander, right? But they also know that, okay, you're the one in charge. So when you have that respect, I mean, you, there's amazing things get done. And, you know, I remember when I kind of, a big thing for me, I remember at land warfare doing immediate action drills, right? Where you're, you know, maneuvering in the terrain and, you know, simulating, taking contact from the enemy. And, you know, as an officer, as you know, my job is, you know, my gun is, you know, the 16 of you, right? Not, you know, if I'm, if I'm running, if I start running out of ammo, then something's wrong, right? I shouldn't be. (laughs) So, you know, you got to come off the line and kind of like, look where the out is. Right. And I remember this, uh, you know, cause I'm facing, you know, backwards, right. Well, you guys are all engaging. So, you know, I'm backwards. So my left is your right. Right. So I see the out, right. To my left, right. Yeah. Um, I turn back around, and I'm yelling, you know, peel left, peel left. And I, right when I tell my like, son of, I, you know, yeah. but I see the first guy on get up on the left, and he goes right because he knew where the out was too. And I see all my guys going right, right. Yeah. So we get back, you know, huddle up. I'm like, hey guys, sorry, I screwed that one up. Like, sir, don't worry about it. We knew what you're talking about. We knew which way you wanted to go. You know, and I was like, and then maybe later in that day or another platoon, I don't want, anyways, literally the same thing happened and the guys went left, right? Yeah. And that platoon commander, and they're like, you said left, sir, you know? And so then yeah. he's getting reamed out by the training cadre for like, you know, not knowing the difference between his left and his right and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, but yeah, for me, it was, you know, that was, that's kind of a, an example that I use where if you can be that compassionate leader and, you know, just show folks that you care about them, um, you can do, you know, some amazing things happen, right? Yeah, they can. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate uh, the chat and everything you're doing, man. Is there anything else you want to uh, chat about? Yeah, no, I mean, I guess really, I just hope that my story inspires, you know, other transitioning you know, service members showing them how they can kind of this continue this culture of service and, and live their values. Right. Um, 
you don't have to sideline any of that once you once you you know take off the uniform. Yeah, the and then, service, service never got it, never ends. I mean, not that's, at all. That's what it, we're all citizens. You yeah. can't take that uniform off, right? That uniform does not come off. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we're all humans at the end of the day too. We're in. A, yeah. Like, there's whatever problems come up. I mean, we got to deal with them at essentially the human level. You know. Um, Absolutely. That's even better. Yeah, we're all humans, so you can't. Yeah. So so yeah. Hopefully, you know, with our conversation, folks take that away, and then you know, if they want, you know, they can learn more about me and Patch. You know, on our website, the patchconnects.com, um, and if there's any. You know, and Alan there has our, our email address that they have if there's any inquiries. Yeah, we'll put links to the, to it too in the the notes or whatever where okay. the is or the podcast or um, whatnot, so people will be able to find it. And again, for that website, it's patch p a t c h. Yep, connects all connects. together, all plural. So, mm-hmm. cool, awesome, brother. I uh, I appreciate this, and we'll have to follow up with another one as things progress. And yeah, hope so. We got April twenty second. If anyone wants to um, get one of those patches or whatever, look into them because they're they're doing that Kickstarter. Right. right? So that would help them out. And yeah, also get a cool piece of. Yeah, and we have other options. There's a tats and t-shirts that we have made in the U.S. Believe it or not, right? So nice. yeah, um, yeah, and then uh, and then they could just donate, even if you know, just because they like what we're doing. Right. So yeah. uh, thanks, Mark. I appreciate that, man. Awesome, brother. Thanks, All right, All right. Thanks for listening, friends. Hope you like that podcast. And once again, go check out Dana's work with patch at patchconnects.com. And I also wanted to give a shout out to our sponsors, Dr. Bronner for continuing to support this podcast and the work we're doing at Guardian Grange. We had uh, recently kicked off about a month ago our uh, Escondido Microgrange project, which is like a little miniature micro version of what we're doing on a big scale. So get a little farm going on there, a little garden, I should say, and a healing space and bringing people together to kick off the first phase of that, which is a lot of property cleanup. I got some content on our YouTube channel again. Um, find it at Guardian Grange where we chat about that project and what we're doing. And uh, this past weekend, had a little partnership with Veterans Walk and Talk where they brought out a whole crew of about 40 people and helped clean that property up. It was really cool to cool to see. So we're just uh, getting the work done and I'll continue to do more of these podcasts. And um, if you want to follow along, find us on social media at Guardian Grange. Our website is guardiangrange.org. And that's where you can find uh, ways to support, donate, volunteer. Um, We are a 501c3 registered nonprofit organization. So donations are tax deductible if you feel like supporting in that manner. And other than that, feel free to share our content. Hit me up with any messages, mark at guardiangrange.org. And I'll see you in the next one. Take care, friends.